0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1 877 MPB Ring. That's 877-672-7464. This is MPB Think Radio.
1: This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Jay White. I'm here today with Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctors and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. Wiltz Gutierre this morning is caught up in the muck and mire of the IT world, so we'll be without him today, hoping he'll be back next week. Everyday Tech is MPB Think Radio's show about consumer technology and your very own personal IT department, all wrapped up into one convenient package. Jeremy can help you fix it, and Wiltz can help you keep it safe, and both can do either well, so we're in good hands either way. Coming up today on the show, Apple has delayed its controversial child protection features, and Jeremy has thoughts Hulu is raising its prices again. And Jeremy has thoughts. (laughs) Uh, I have thoughts on that as well as a Hulu subscriber. Uh, YouTube says it now has 50 million premium subscribers. That's uh, YouTube premium and uh, uh, YouTube music, which they package together. Um, Speaking of YouTube, TikTok has overtaken the tube in average watch time. And knowing how long YouTube videos can be and knowing how short tiktok videos have to be that's a pretty incredible stat and we could talk about that and what that means for the uh the future of our country going down the toilet i'm just joking maybe i don't know uh (laughs) something about our short attention span maybe i don't know Uh, but we could talk about that general motors gm has temporarily shut down north american factories because of the chip shortage and uh ai computers cannot patent their own inventions say the courts yet Yes, AI computers patenting their own inventions, not yet anyway. We want to hear from you this morning. You got any tech problems, we would love to hear from you, issues or questions or stories about things going on in your world of tech. You, know, you have a story experience to share. Call Everyday Tech today. The number is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. You can email us, Tech at mpbonline.org. Jeremy, good morning. How's it going?
2: Hey, good morning, Jay. It's going great, man. Uh, since school has started back, things have been super busy between satisfying the needs of the public of Hattiesburg and the students. It's been uh, quite a busy few weeks, I am very happy to say. Although, uh, just before I got on the show this morning, I was on the phone with Comcast, and... Uh, I mean, you know, it can't be good if you have to call Comcast. I mean, nobody nobody calls them. But hey, you guys are doing everything right. <laughs> um, but I, I I think I've gotten most of my issues resolved. I bet they're going to call right in the middle of the show to uh, follow well, up on the other issue. Even though I told them, give me two hours.
1: I got a radio show. Give me two hours. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Uh, you gave them a target to hit, is what you did.
2: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I was like, look, you can't call me in the next hour because I will be on the radio. So. Call me into, <laughs> but things have been things have been awesome, man. Uh, I'm in high spirits. I'm, I'm not, i not. Sometimes I will have these things I call bench burners, which are those jobs that just sit on my workbench yeah. because they have they require so much attention in order to figure out what's wrong with it. You know, it's not one of those quick, easy fix things. Hey, I've got that done within an hour or two. It's like, oh, that's one of those things I have to sit there with six hours and plug this in, and unplug this, and try this, and did you do that? And it just, you know, I call them bench burners because they burn up so much time on my bench. Yeah. And I have not been dealing with those. uh, Like, I have not been letting those get the best of me. I have been knocking those things down. I I don't have anybody that's just, like, waiting on me for, like, oh, you've had my computer (laughs) for weeks. I've caught up on everything except bookkeeping, which – that's next. So I'm feeling really good, man. Really energetic. Really positive. Um, really, really good. Really well,
1: good. That's that's great to hear. I know moving into the student union center at Southern Miss uh, is a big opportunity, but there were some hurdles to get through uh, there at the beginning. Uh, but now that now that the the young men and women are back at school, things are picking up, and it's uh, it's good to hear. And uh, if folks, you know, uh, want to come visit you, yeah, you're right there in the uh, student union center at Southern Miss. Let's get-
2: I haven't seen that lobby so full all year long. You know, I got there in March, yeah, and I look out now and like there's, I mean, it's just a sea of students out there. And I've got people coming up. You know, they need phones fixed. They need help with this. They think they need to charge for it, but really they just need it cleaned out. I've, <laughs> I've helped a lot of people so far, and I, it's it's really awesome. I, I'm I'm running everything by myself now. Um, no more no more family at the moment. Just just. Running solo, but doing, doing well, keeping my head above water.
1: Excellent. Good stuff. Good stuff. Let's dig right into it. This is something you were texting uh, Wilts and I about earlier in the week, uh, and it's a story that uh, you threw some red flags up from the moment that it was announced. Apple is delaying its child protection features announced last month, including a controversial feature that would scan users' photos for child sexual abuse material following intense criticism that the changes could diminish user privacy. The changes had been scheduled to roll out later this year. Uh, last month, this is a quote, Last month we announced plans for features intended to help uh, protect children from predators who use communication tools to recruit and exploit them and limit the spread of child sexual abuse material. Uh, Apple said in a statement to The Verge website, Based on feedback from customers, advocacy groups, researchers, and Jeremy Thompson, we have decided to take Ooh. additional time over the coming months to collect input and make improvements before releasing these critically important child safety features. What was your original uh, uh, take on this or your 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 caution about what they were looking to do and, and why would this not be a good thing and why have they reversed course here?
2: It's a wolf in sheep's clothing, Jay. I mean, they're talking about removing or or flagging people's phones that have this type of material on it as if that's not going as if that's going to just snuff out the problem as if that's not going to just cause those people to move to a different platform be it android or telegram or any other kind of messaging service that supports some kind of encryption already so they use this as a claim, okay, well, let us us poke into your privacy a little bit because we want to make sure that you're not doing something nefarious. Okay, but as we explained last time, this is a really slippery slope, and where do they draw the line? Because right now they use a really hot-button issue like child abuse, which nobody condones. Everybody wants to see that end, but you're not going to do it by invading the privacy of millions, billions of people worldwide to make sure that they're not keeping – bad things on their phones in fact it didn't even start with their phones it was just what was stored in their iCloud but the other side of it was that it was going to monitor communication on kids phones so that if something was sent that was explicit it would blur out the image and it would explain to the child what exactly they were seeing and if they were under the age of 12 it would send the image to the parent account and say this is what your kid is looking at but after age 12 somehow that that uh goes away or was it 13. Either way, they use these claims. Okay, we're doing it for this. We're, we're trying to protect the children. Yes, but who are you violating in the process? And the answer is all of your users, everyone who values their privacy, who doesn't want Apple poking through what's on their phones or in their iCloud accounts.
1: You, so, oh, go ahead.
2: Facebook, Facebook is also uh, in the spotlight on this right now because they are claiming that they're trying to get Messenger on end-to-end encryption, which means what I send to you on your phone is encrypted in between so that only you can read the message that I sent you. Well, everybody's saying, oh, well, if Facebook does that, then, you know, child sex materials will be uh, distributed all throughout Facebook. Okay. Again, my argument is they will find another platform to do it on if Facebook makes this a a, a big issue. If if they continue to say, oh, well, we, we have to be able to violate your privacy for X reason, people are just going to move to another platform if, if that's the case. If they're, if they're screening it for child sexual abuse material, then the people that have those materials will go to another platform. This doesn't do anything to fix the problem. It just causes them to get more creative about how they're going to go about their nefarious ways. It doesn't fix anything.
1: Do you think that uh, people like Apple or Facebook, Google have is is it their their duty as, you know, having such a such large percentages of these markets and being in so many people's hands, including young people? Is it is it their duty to be a watchdog for things like this or is this something that we should rely on our government, I guess, or maybe law enforcement to, to handle?
2: Well, see, that's kind of the smoke screen here: is that law enforcement is the one saying, "Hey, we don't we don't want to encrypt those communications because that'll make it harder for us to snoop on you." That's the part they won't say out loud, though. They don't want to encrypt those communications because of CSAM. No, you don't want to encrypt those communications because it makes it more difficult for you to do your job, which is to snoop on people. Straight up.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's I I I have. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm split on this. I do understand what you're saying. And uh, we've learned by the stories that we see every single week that we can't trust these gigantic tech companies. Um, and I mean, we all know that the most uh, the most valuable resource on planet Earth right now, more than oil, more than gold, more than anything is is data. So, um, you know, new, uh, unique, and creative ways to get to that, uh, I wouldn't put it beyond them. Although I do, um, if if this is a way, and of course it is, that uh, children can be put in the way of danger, I, I do see some of these tech companies having some sort of responsibility other than just putting these products out and saying, well, it's in your hands at this point. But I do understand the point that you're making as well. Uh, before we go to well, the phones, let, let's uh, – before so, we – okay, go ahead.
2: Sorry. I, I just um, – you know, when you've got an article that, where the headline says, MI5 chief warns Facebook encryption gives free pass to suspects, it, it just seems – like, why, why is it Facebook the one uh, owning up to that? Why is it a government agency that's holding them accountable? And the reason is violation of privacy. It's so much easier for them to see what we're doing online if our communications aren't encrypted. Now, this only applies to Facebook Messenger. It's not like it applies to the rest of Facebook. But again, if, if people see that they're going to be monitoring things like that, they'll just go to another platform that doesn't. It's that simple.
1: Yeah, if it's that important to them, which, uh, you know, if you're over there in that area, it probably is. All right, before... We take a break and uh, get to the calls. As soon as we come back from this break, uh, uh, another big story. Hulu uh, is raising prices. Less than one year after Hulu jacked up the price of its Hulu with live TV subscription package, the service is preparing to put another dent in customers' wallets by raising prices once again. Beginning uh, on October 8th, so about a month from now, anyone who subscribes to one of Hulu's on-demand plans... Uh, Hulu and Hulu with no ads will be subjected to a $1 increase, uh, TechCrunch reports. More uh, more or less, it's like a penance when you recall the price of Hulu's live TV bundles increased by a whopping $10 apiece last year. What that means in practice is that the ad-supported version of Hulu will now cost $7 per month, up from 6 and Hulu with no ads will now cost $13 per month, up from 12 Uh, Thankfully, Hulu's live TV bundles have not been subject to any price hikes this year, probably because making them any more expensive would further erode what little uh, artifice is left to the idea that cutting the cord is in any way cheaper than buying a cable package, which it is not. Now, um, notably, the planned price hikes also won't affect any plan where Hulu is bundled with Disney+. Plus. Along with ESPN+, Plus, Disney, uh, which assumed full ownership of Hulu in 2019 after it bought out Comcast's stake in the company, is likely doing this on purpose in order to incentivize customers who don't require live TV to shell out for a package that includes its own flagship streaming product. The package that combines Hulu with Disney+, and ESPN+, Plus, as I mentioned, for example, costs $14 per month. Just one more dollar than Hulu with no ads will cost after the price hike goes into effect next month which means, uh, from my perspective, is stand by for a price hike on the Hulu Disney ESPN bundle plan soon. As soon as you forget about this price hike, that one will get its own price hike.
2: (laughs) I think they leverage these things based on the amount of quality content that they bring to the table, and... I think they look at it and they go, okay, all right, we've got these millions of people watching this show, and they're loyal to it. They watch it all the way through, and most everybody that picks up this show watches it all the way through. So if we have enough shows that do that, people will give us the extra dollar.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously they have people that are studying uh, the statistics and the average watch time and the engagement and everything like that. And, I mean, these price hikes are not something that they haphazardly walk into, but at the same time, uh, the the main point of it to me, and this is – You know, when I first took over the hosting of this show, one of my main um, uh, points that I advocated was the advantages of leaving cable television behind and cutting the cord. And basically, I don't know, about since the day I started hosting this show, um, that has completely eroded to now, depending on what kind of cable package you get, there is no difference, essentially, in the price. That and the fact that the cable companies have adapted their product to where... You know, it's it's not necessarily a set top box that you can subscribe to cable packages that are just streaming. Uh, I mean, it's all it's 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 negligible, essentially. And it's just depending on what you want to do to the point where, uh, you know, I was a YouTube TV subscriber uh, uh, and advocate and it's to the point now where basically we're about ready to lose YouTube TV, and it's sixty-seven dollars a month that it costs us, and spread that sixty-seven dollars over several streaming services, and you yeah. get you get more for it actually, and you get way more variety, for that matter. So, uh, and I'm not, and look, it's 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 each individual user's preferences, but uh, if you've just been. Uh, You know, locked into one thing for several years now and have not paid attention to, uh, you know, the differences between cable packages, uh, you know, or a lot of the different streaming services in combination. Uh, it's worth checking back up on and and seeing if you're spending your money as wisely as you possibly could. Uh, Because I know, you know, when looking at it, it's clear that I'm not right now. So it's about time for a change in that regard. Let's take a break here. When we come back, we'll have Nick on the road and Josh and Corinth. And we can take your calls as well. 877-MPB-RING, 877-672-7464. You can email us, everydaytech at mpbonline.org. TikTok has reportedly overtaken YouTube in average U.S. watch time. That's interesting. And AI computers can't patent their own inventions yet, according to a U.S. judge. Those are some stories we can dig into as we continue to move through the show. With Jeremy Thompson, I'm Jay White. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We'll be right back.
0: an mpb think radio podcast you're listening to everyday tech on mpb think radio to call the show dial 1-877-MPB-RING that's 877-672-7464 this is mpb think radio
1: Welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio with Jeremy Thompson. I'm Jay White. Thanks for listening on this Wednesday morning. Let's go straight to the phones. We do have a line open. You can call us 877 MPB Ring. That's 877 672 7464. You can email us everydaytech at MPBOnline.org. First up is Nick, who is on the road. Nick, thanks for hanging around for us. What's going on?
3: Good morning. Um I'm having trouble with uh, downloading apps on my uh, Samsung S21. Okay. What kind of trouble? Well, uh, I go to install the app, and it just sits there and spans saying pending.
2: Okay. Uh, Have you tried it over a different connection? Is this on your cellular connection? Is this your home Wi-Fi? No, this is the cell phone. Okay, um, have you tried it over a Wi-Fi connection? Uh, I've got my Wi-Fi on all the time, so. And you still have the same issue. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter where I'm at. Okay, so um, I can't guarantee this will fix your problem, but it sounds to me like you might need to reset the uh, the actual Play Store app itself. So if you go into your settings and when you go to apps, you would go in and you would find the Google play store. And then you would go in and you would reset the app data. This is going to probably ask you to uh, log back into your Google play store. Just reset the app data and the cache, and try it again. Okay. That's, that's the, the quickest off the top of my head. fix for that. Um, I will say that sometimes when I'm out on a cellular connection, I try to download an app and it takes uh, the better half of forever for some reason. So (laughs) it could be a slow cellular connection as well. But if you're getting the same experience over wifi, I would try to reset the app first. If for some reason that does not fix your issue, you may need to actually factory reset your phone because it sounds like something with the Google play framework or something just didn't install correctly, but it should be under your apps under Google play services and then you would go to storage. And then under the bottom there, it would say manage storage. And you would just clear all the data. Oh, okay. And next next to manage storage, there's going to be another one that says clear the cache. Go ahead and clear the cache out too. And then log back into your Google account And once you get back into the Play Store and see if those apps download them. If they don't, uh, give us a holler back or shoot us an email, everydaytech at mpbonline.org. I'll be more than happy to further assist you with that issue. All right. I appreciate it.
1: All right. Uh, thanks Thanks for the call, Nick. We appreciate you calling us this morning. Let's stay on the phones, and we'll go now to Josh, who is in Corinth. Josh, thanks for hanging on. What's going on?
3: How's it going? Uh, yeah, I just had a couple of comments about um, the discussion about Apple and its privacy and all that kind of good stuff and how it relates to social media usage. Over a year ago, uh, a friend of mine unfortunately uh, ended his life on Facebook Live. And it sent me down a rabbit hole for over a year of working with um, actually 10 of the largest social media companies on earth uh, and some technology companies about how uh, harmful content, uh, such as suicide uh, and other things, such as child pornography, uh, actually, work. First of all, Apple is—they're uh, really actually the most secure technology company that that you can buy a piece of tech from. So, I mean, if safety is an issue with you know how you use your phone, your the Apple device is probably the best way to go. And honestly, they're already—they've already been doing this monitoring behind the behind the scenes for. I don't know, at least a couple of years now. They're just trying to be more upfront about how they present it and work with, you know, law enforcement, the federal government, things like that. Um, that's, I mean, that's, it's kind of odd to say it like that, but it's true. Uh, and secondly, the the notion that you could just simply switch from, you know, Facebook going end-to-end encrypted, you could switch content, you know, that you're sending any kind of harmful content to another platform or another app, there's really a huge misnomer there as well. Um, There is this uh, great organization called the Family Online Safety Institute. that Their whole purpose is to work with these large tech companies um, to kind of stop the spread of that. You know, when we think about the Internet, it's been such a great revolution for all of us that we don't really consider the actual age of the Internet and how we use the Internet, much less social media. It's still relatively young, right? So while there are lots of misconceptions about how some of this works, if you're actually sharing harmful content of any kind, be it on Facebook Messenger or on Reddit or, um, you know, on a website that hosts with AWS, um, your stuff is already being tracked anyway, so you might could try to move to another platform, but that's not going to be successful for you. You know, I mean, IP bans are a thing, you know, law enforcement can show up at your door, so can the FBI. Um, I know that it's, that's a really big government way to look at it, um, but as the Internet gets older and grows the way that we use it changes and the way that it's moderated changes as well.
2: Well, Josh, uh, if I may, um, if I could ask you a question, do you remember parlor? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So everybody on Facebook decided that Facebook was limiting free speech. And so instead of continuing to use Facebook, they switched platforms. Now, of course their intention was not to disseminate, uh, Child sexual abuse material that we know of, uh, and there was, uh, attempts to prevent that type of stuff from popping up on Parler. But when Facebook did not meet the needs of the users or they felt like they were no longer able to express themselves, they jumped platforms. So your argument is that if Facebook was going to moderate this content, that the users wouldn't just find somewhere else to disseminate their information? No, they
3: did, um, and the reason they jumped ship was because, you know, not only were these folks having conversations about, you know, what ultimately led to the uh, attack on the Capitol on January 6th, uh, but right. they performed, you know, terrorism and things like that, which resulted in them moving to Parlor, right? So Parlor was hosted by Amazon Web Services. Uh, I actually happened to know uh, an executive uh, with Amazon Web Services that I worked with, um, for a project, uh, and huh, what AWS used to do was say, uh, you know, we're kind of like a we're kind of like a, a storage unit, right? Like you can rent this space, you can put whatever you want in there, and unless we get a whole bunch of complaints, then you know we're not gonna we're not gonna bother it. But if there's a bunch of complaints, we're gonna have to go check it out. And right, you know, the backlash that people had with Parler because of the you know, the content on Facebook that had been that had caused them to move over to Parlor resulted in AWS saying, you know, maybe we need to take a look at our policies. Because trust and safety with these companies is a relatively new area. I mean, trust and safety divisions inside of the largest social media tech companies have only really just formed a union in the last couple of months. It's a new thing. So for Amazon right. to take a step back and say hey you know we maybe need to reconsider how some of this is being used um it might seem like you know ultimately it's we're inhibiting free speech but you know when you sign up to give us your money or you know for like a social media platform you don't it's free and you don't read those terms of service um, that's what comes back to bite people in the rear that say, oh, well, you're, in, you're impeding on my free speech. What's happening is all of these companies are just steadily, continually redefining their terms of services. I actually worked with uh, a really great team, the trust and safety team at TikTok, uh, to help redefine their set of community guidelines uh, after my friend's Facebook Live video became a snippet. It was hidden in uh TikTok videos. Hmm. So that, you know, anytime anyone shares any kind of harmful content, self harm, suicide, uh, encourages that, uh, it gets flaked just like child pornography does or any kind of pornographic image. Uh and if it's, you know, a matter of child pornography or self harm or harming others, uh, it gets sent to the uh, online family safety institute where these companies, it's essentially this great group that works with all these companies to say well this person who has this account and ip address on tiktok or reddit or whatsapp they're you know they're doing some stuff that's technically illegal so we're going to go look across all these other companies and see where you know see where they have accounts see what ip addresses they're using and ban them so it doesn't really matter what phone you get you know you if you are sharing and engaging in harmful and you know illegal content and activity it's gonna not happen for you anymore you know again we we just look at the internet is this thing that we've taken for granted but it's still relatively new and we're just trying to figure out how to navigate it better so that you know things like january 6th do don't happen again you don't get to organize in secret hidden facebook groups and get away with it you know Right.
1: right Josh, man, uh, we appreciate the call, man. Uh, great stuff, and hey, send us an email if you will, because uh, you know I think Jeremy and I would both have to have a uh, would like to have a longer conversation with you about this at some point. Uh, so send us an e- email, you, yeah, we, um, if you will, to uh, everydaytech at mpbonline.org. org, and we appreciate your time. And uh, I mean, you know, I'm sorry that happened to you, and I'm also. Um, you know, uh, I'm fascinated by, uh, you know, how you turn that negative into a positive and the things that you're doing with all these companies. Now, that's uh, uh, fascinating and interesting stuff to hear. Um, awesome. Absolutely. 877-MPB-RING is the number, 877-672-7464. Before we take another break, let's go to Wendy in Long Beach. Wendy, thanks for calling this morning. What's going on? Hi. Go right ahead.
2: Oh hi! I am. I have a. I have to tell you. We have. I live in a little cottage that's about forty feet away from the bigger house that has internet. And I'm trying to find the best way. It will not get to my cottage, almost, but not quite. It's. uh, (laughs) it's, um, I have an iPhone and an iPad. And. Every once in a while, I'll see it come up, but it'll never, it'll never stay. It's always just a little really low signal. And I know there's a lot of different, um, you know, standards out there, but I'm just wondering what your opinion might be on that. Okay, so I'm having a little trouble hearing you, but if I gathered it correctly, you're almost close enough to a signal to get internet at your house uh, from from your neighbor from. Someone close by. Oh, she's got a she's right? got a,
1: a cottage uh, a, a little by, a little ways out from the house, and the signal okay. won't quite reach there. And she's, uh, you know, thinking about. I uh, want your opinion about extenders.
2: So you're going to need some kind of an outdoor range extender if uh, you've got a 40 foot discrepancy. I mean, you might be able to get it with an indoor one, but it would be better to put something outside that could carry. Through uh, the air, that whatever it is that you've got in between you and your house, you need something that can that can boost uh, that signal. I did not know that they had out, just outdoor ones. I knew there were ones you could put one in the house, one in the cottage, and that just seemed like a lot of work. But um, yeah, you to put, uh, all you gotta do is look up outdoor range extender, and you will come uh-huh. up with a uh, a variety of different options. I like TP Link. I've had really good luck with their range extenders, and right now they've got an outdoor one on Amazon for like 70 bucks. Now, I haven't used this particular range extender. I don't often have to do things for people that extend outdoors. However, uh, it's got good ratings, and I think it would, would be a good uh, fit for what you're trying to do.
1: All right, Wendy, we appreciate the call from Long Beach this morning. Let's uh, take a break right here. And uh, when we come back, we'll take some more of your calls. 877-MPB-RING, 877-672-7464. Also got more stories to get into, including TikTok taking over YouTube, as I've mentioned a couple of times, and AI computers not being able to patent their own inventions yet. Yeah, it's a little bit of a misleading headline, but uh, still, I, I think you get the... the gist of of what's going on there. We can talk about that when we come back. Take your calls and emails as well. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio.
0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877 672 7464. This is MPB Think Radio.
1: Welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. With Jeremy Thompson, I'm Jay White. Wilts is out this week. Uh, Jeremy, um, uh, tying in a little bit to what we've been talking about and trust with big tech companies, here's another story that uh, we find almost weekly in the tech headlines, just with uh, uh, different nouns, (laughs) proper nouns filled in in different spaces. (laughs) WhatsApp is fined $267 million for breaching EU privacy laws. Uh, Facebook owned WhatsApp. Uh, has been fined uh, 225 million euros, or $267 million, excuse me, for breaking the European Union's data privacy rules. Uh, Ireland's Data Protection Commission announced the decision in an 89-page PDF noting that WhatsApp did not properly inform EU citizens of how it handles their personal data, including how it shares that information with its parent company. Uh, WhatsApp has been ordered to make updates to its already lengthy privacy policy, and change how it notifies notifies users about sharing their data, and this will bring it into compliance with um, uh, Europe's General Data Protection Regulation, which governs how tech companies gather and use data in the EU. Uh, the GDPR came into effect in May of 2018, and WhatsApp was one of the first companies to be hit with privacy lawsuits under the regulation. A WhatsApp spokesperson sent an email to The Verge that the company will appeal the decision, cool, WhatsApp is committed to providing a secure and private service. We've worked to ensure the information we provide is transparent and comprehensive, of course, and uh, will continue to do so. We disagree with the decision, of course, uh, regarding the transparency we provided to people in 2018, and the penalties are entirely disproportionate. Of course they are. The decision by the DPC began with an investigation in 2018 and is the second largest fine levied under those regulations, in July of this year, Amazon was fined $887 million for breaching the EU privacy laws. Uh, so here we go, WhatsApp. What's the advantage of WhatsApp, Jeremy? What's supposed to be the thing with WhatsApp?
2: Uh, you know, I really don't know other than <laughs> it's, it's kind of like um, instant messenger. I mean, it's it's pretty much the same as telegram and uh i mean they're they're all a little bit different i guess uh telegram and discord are more similar than anything else but whatsapp is just it's just another messaging platform uh you can send videos and pictures over it pretty easily uh it's a it's a haven for scammers i know that for sure
1: (laughs) that's a good time yeah i just don't uh And WhatsApp has seemed to have a a shroud of mystery around it since its inception. And it's like, I don't know, it almost has this reputation of if you're using WhatsApp, it's like, what do you need to use WhatsApp for? But, you know, as a 42-year-old parent, I may have the wrong vibe on that totally. So uh, I don't know. How about this? Uh, As I mentioned a handful of times, uh, AI computers can't patent their own inventions yet, according to U.S. uh, judge rulings. Uh, Should an artificially intelligent machine be able to patent its own inventions? Uh, For a U.S. federal judge, the larger implications of that question were irrelevant. In April 2020, the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office ruled that only natural persons could be credited as the inventor of a patent, and a U.S. court decided Thursday last week that, yes, that's what the law technically says, but not every country agrees with that direction. South Africa and Australia decided to go in the other direction, granting one patent and reinstating a second patent application filed by AI researcher Stephen Thaler, whose AI system, uh, DA Bus reportedly came up with a flashing light and a new type of food container. Thaler is the one who sued the U.S. in this case as well. He's part of a group called the Artificial Inventor Project that's lobbying for AI recognition around the globe. Um, oh, <laughs> right. Interesting. The U.S. Patent Act says inventors, um, uh, in, an inventor must be an individual. Previous legal decisions have clarified that, quote unquote, individuals have to be people, not say companies. It's also pretty clear from and by the way, the uh, political arena should take uh, some sort of note of that, that uh, individuals instead of companies. Anyway, it's also pretty clear from context that the Patent Act was referring to people and AI systems are not people. Uh, And the court also says it can only overrule a U.S. agency's decision if it's arbitrary uh, or obviously illegal. But in this case, the USPTO already laid out its entire reasoning why it plans to stick to the status quo last April. It also asked for public comment in 2019 before it made its ruling. Uh, Also, to the bigger question, U.S. District Judge uh, Lonnie Brankema had this to say. There may come a time when artificial intelligence reaches a level of sophistication such that it might satisfy accepted meanings of inventorship, but that time has not yet arrived. And if it does, it will be up to Congress, oh great, to decide how, if at all, it wants to expand the scope of patent law." Boy, this is one of those things, man. Uh, that's a slippery slope, and uh, I mean, what? again, I could see the argument on both sides. But, uh, well, you know, judges, this is this is a hard one to uh, draw a line on, and then you know what Congress will decide in the future. Boy, I can. We certainly can trust those people to make a non-influenced um, decision about how that may go this way or that. Uh, can't we? But uh, this is an interesting, Jeremy, your thoughts on uh, uh, artificial intelligence and its ability to be patented.
2: Well, I'm just, I'm curious what exactly the holdup is with the guy just taking the patent that the machine created and putting his own name on it and getting paid for it. I don't understand (laughs) why he wants the machine to take credit for that. Does that somehow allow it to be, uh, I mean, who, who controls that? Who, who owns that? Like what, is the machine going to sue somebody if they infringe on the patent? They they have to come up with a way to automatically generate lawsuits. I mean, I just, I don't understand what the benefit here is or why somebody would, would want an AI to be able to patent things. Yeah. I would think that, you know, a guy like, let's say this came out in uh, Edison's time. He would just have the machine making stuff all the time and he would just steal the best ideas and put his name on them. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I I don't know. This may be the cause of um, the uh, artificial inventor project, as uh, was mentioned that he was a part of. By the way, if you want to see more about this project, go to artificialinventor.com. So evidently, this is a group of people that are developing this, that may be trying to push this forward to advocate for um, AI inventions in some form or another. But yeah, I don't know why they necessarily are advocating specifically for. The technology to be acknowledged uh, in the invention process, as opposed to the people who have developed the AI, because it has to start somewhere. You know, I don't know, but right. yeah, that's that's very interesting. But and it's it is also uh, boy, I mean, two countries. What do we say? Uh, South Africa and uh, Australia are for uh, crediting artificial. Uh, intelligence for inventions. The United States is in the opposite side of that. It will be interesting to see how, you know, we talked about the EU, how they think about that, and then places like Japan and China uh, also will have a big say.
2: Uh, I want to read up more on this because I I heard about uh, some musicians that did something similar where they, they used AI to patent every melody and chord progression on the planet. Yeah, I I can't remember what it was, but it was something like that. So, if the object here is to patent these things so that technically no one owns them so that anyone could have access to them, I'm all for that. Uh, But I got to read out more on it because I'm just not real familiar with the subject and it's such a, a new concept.
1: I do remember what you were talking about, you know, certain people trying to basically. Uh, take ownership of certain uh, you know sounds and notes and chord progressions like you mentioned in music and that was (laughs) kind of laughed at and thrown out Uh, you know that's (laughs) you know trying to patent sound uh, to a certain extent although I'm sure some sounds have been patented Uh, all right how about this we've been talking about this uh, on and off during the show TikTok overtakes YouTube and U.S. average watch time Uh, TikTok's users now spend more time each month each month, watching content than YouTube users, according to a report from app analytics firm App Annie. In the U.S., uh, ByteDance's app first overtook YouTube in August of last year, and as of June 21, its users watched over 24 hours of content per month, 24 hours of TikTok. in a month. Have you
2: ever used TikTok, Jay?
1: I have. Well, okay. So, so you've had
2: people like send you a random video, but have you ever actually used the app?
1: I have tried to see the value in TikTok, uh-huh. and I've never been able to make it stick in my social media use. Um,
2: which is good because you've got twenty four hours of your life back statistically.
1: <laughs> Well the thing is I have I have to I have to keep it around because I have children, I have teenagers with it, um, and a lot of TikTok can be super ridiculous, uh, and I've got younger teenagers, and a lot of stuff gets, a lot of adult-themed material gets through TikTok, and it can get into your kids' hands, and it's just bad news. Um, depending on how much you want your kids to see at what age, which I know is a sliding scale, depending on who you are as a parent and what your what your values are. Um, and so I have to my wife and I have to kind of keep an eye on it to some certain extent. My wife has actually got into it. She watches a lot of TikTok now. And uh, secretly, I judge her for it, but I don't tell her, uh, except, well, for, except for maybe on the radio. But uh, I, I just can't, I, I don't, a lot of it is, I, I I don't know. Maybe it's that an overwhelming majority of content on TikTok is not necessarily made for a 42-year-old dad of four. Uh, that lives Definitely in Mississippi. Uh, it's just, it's just not. I'm not the target demo for. I'm guessing somewhere close to 100 percent of TikTok content. So it just, yeah. You know. Well, <laughs> th-
2: that's the thing about TikTok is there's different niches. So there probably is something on there that you're interested in, but you haven't delved into it enough to to get hooked in. Yeah. But let me tell you, man. I have ADD, and a <laughs> few months back, I was I was sent a video. And it was like, hey, download TikTok to watch the full video. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll bite dance. I'll bite dance. So I did, <laughs> and I downloaded TikTok, and I was up till like 4 o'clock in the morning watching garbage on TikTok. <laughs> now, some, some of it's funny. Some of it's really funny. Some of it had me in tears. It was so funny. But there's a lot of fake stuff. There's a lot of clickbait. There's a lot of, oh my gosh, you'll never believe what happened to me stories that stretch on for like 12 minutes and they have no ending. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of, a lot of deception on TikTok and a lot of it is absolutely artificially created. Like, oh, we're going to create a video that, you know, people will think this is funny, but it's totally fake. And you can tell that some of it's fake and then later you find out some of the stuff that makes you laugh so hard you cried was fake and then you're like, Well, is it all fake? So I get why people are giving up 24 hours of their life to it. Like I said, I gave up at least three the first time that I used it. It was like 1 o'clock in the morning when I downloaded it. And before I knew it, it was 4 o'clock in the morning. So it's addictive. They throw the same kind of content at you. They see what you're interested in, and they throw you a lot of that. So, like, for me, it's funny videos and pranks and stuff like that. And for my girlfriend, she likes to watch this Dr. Pimple Popper. I, that may not be his name. I think that may be somebody on Snapchat. But there's somebody that, you know, he's like a he's a facial surgeon or whatever, a dermatologist. And he's yeah. like, oh, here's this pimple that we squeezed all this nasty stuff out of. And I would never watch that. But she loves it. She can't get enough of it. So it's just filled with that kind of stuff so there's there's a niche out there for everybody so i can see why it's overtaking youtube because youtube kind of gives you something similar to what you're into but may not be the same and it may not be as gripping it may just be some random video yeah but a lot of tiktok it's got that it's got that clinch to it it's got that those cliffhangers they want to draw you in and there's a lot of that and most of it's lies
1: and to your point you know, YouTube is is my go to. I mean, that's where I watch probably ninety percent of the content that I watch. That and Twitter, uh, which you might I say mean, it's your go to, yeah, uh, that or Twitter. And if you want to judge me for Twitter, go right ahead. I'll probably be on your side also. But uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, man, YouTube, like you said, I just haven't I haven't gone down the the avenues to learn where the things is the things are that I might like on TikTok, whereas YouTube I've got that totally uh, laid out, uh, and I'm used to you know the way the UI is laid out on YouTube. TikTok not as much, which is the reason why you know TikTok I've downloaded on my phone and deleted several times over over the last what Dave. five years. You know, the other <laughs> is um, Snapchat. You mentioned that just a second ago. Snapchat, again, because I need to try to keep some sort of an eye on what my kids are doing with these things. Um, Snapchat, I've downloaded onto my phone, I don't know how many times, and it always gets deleted because, and I'm really going to sound like a 42-year-old dad of four here, the user interface on Snapchat drives me freaking (laughs) crazy. Yeah, I, dude, I host I like a tech either. show, and I can't remember what to do to get to the right places to find stuff on Snapchat. It drives me nuts, and it just but annoys hey, me want, to the point that I like just delete it.
2: That looks like a fire-breathing dragon. You you can figure out where that is, right?
1: Yep, yep, absolutely. <laughs> and with TikTok, I mean, my son turned me on to this one account that uh, is basically a guy who has a Daffy Duck um, a puppet. And uh, he takes uh, millennials that say goofy things on TikTok, and he makes fun of them in a Daffy Duck voice, and it's over the top, and it's hilarious. And I do find that funny. <laughs> uh, and I can imagine, much like you, I can imagine the road that I could get stuck on uh, looking at Be stuff careful. like that. Right? You sound you, like you did with the you know downloading it at one a.m. and realizing it was four a.m. before you got off. That sounds like me and idle tap games. That uh, are always like these ads on other games that I'm already playing, and I download the idle tap games. There's fifty, I mean, anything you could think of. There's the uh, the uh, forestry logging idle tap game, the golf course <laughs> management idle tap game. There's the uh, stripping dirt from the field idle tap. I don't even what, what is that? It's like a mining thing. Anything that you can think of, there's a there's an idle tap game for it. And I've probably downloaded it and played it, and, well, yeah. That's going to be it for us today. Thanks so much. Time ran out quickly. Stay tuned. Southern Remedy with Dr. Jimmy Stewart is coming up next on Think Radio.